I completely agree with what Trump says. It is a China virus and China should accept full responsibility of it. Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Today, we will discuss the coronavirus and a number of buying opportunities for your portfolio. Joining us for a conversation is Giant Bandari, the founder of Capitalism and Morality and a highly sought-out advisor to institutional investors. Mr. Bandari, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for having me, Maurice. Sir, the world is a much, much different place since our last interview in January. Giant, may I ask, where are you these days? Uh, I am currently in India. I came here about two weeks back, immediately after the end of PDAC in Toronto. For those of us in the West, can you provide us with some insight on how the overall sentiment is there regarding the coronavirus and what type of precautions are being taken there by the government and the citizens alike? Uh, when I arrived in New Delhi, Maurice, uh, they were testing temperature of everyone. Uh, but they were more focused on collecting a, a self-declaration -declar form that people were asked to fill up. Uh, and apart from that, uh, apart from the Delhi airport, there was virtually nothing happening in the country. I flew around to a couple of more airports after that, and there were booths that was supposed to be manned by health officials to test temperature of people. But the booths were there, but the people were missing. So... In a May 20 days, dysfunctionality of India was showing up in how they control uh, a problem, a social problem, a political problem. Uh, those people were, of course, uh, dis disappeared because they knew there was no, no one checking on them. Um, so they probably stayed home. Have you seen any estimates on the projections of how serious the situation may get in India? Um, well, uh, World Health Organization has come out with a statement uh, with a lot of praise for India. Uh, they say that India has been very proactive and India has done extremely well in terms of controlling the virus. The official numbers in India are around 150 people. Uh, now, this is something uh, so strange because World Health Organization should employ me as a consultant and I could advise them on a few things. The, the reality is, uh, Maurice, that a lot of people who are suspected of having the virus are absconding. Uh, a lot of people have run away from quarantine centers uh, and Indian government is hardly testing anyone for the virus. And the reason is very simple. India is an extraordinarily dysfunctional place. They don't really have the kits to test people uh, and um, people are abs absconding because they know what they will get into if they surrender themselves to an Indian hospital. The situation of quarantine centers in India is abysmal. The toilets are dirty, the beds are dirty, you are close to other people who are likely suffering from the virus. Uh, and the situation is so unhygienic in most places that uh, people are running away. There was a British person who ran away from India uh, and from the quarantine center uh, because he probably thought that he would uh, die within the quarantine center. So that is the situation with India. This is the biggest problem. India is going to be, in my view, something very similar to Iran, except for a difference in weather. India is a much 
warmer country, so virus might lose its potency in, in this country. But it's a very chaotic place. If the virus is spreading here, which very likely would have were a virus potent, potent in this climate, maybe thousands of people are already dying. No one knows about it because doctors are not very well trained. Uh, Indian medical system is one of the worst medical systems on the planet. Uh, if you recall, Maurice, uh, 10, 15 years back, people were talking about medical tourism in India, but that all disappeared because people soon realized that Indian medical system was cheap, inexpensive, but it was actually very cheap in terms of quality as well. So you go to the hospitals here to die. So uh, in conclusion, uh, Maurice, I don't know what the situation is. Uh, if the virus gets hold of people in this country, thousands and I guess hundreds of thousands of people can easily die because people are so close together. They are so superstitious. They are so uh, not aware of uh, how to deal with these kind of scenarios. Let's expand the narrative here regarding the coronavirus in third world nations. Uh, what are your thoughts on the impact of the coronavirus there? Uh, well, I mean, you see a similar situation in Africa, as you see in India, the Middle East, uh, the Latin American countries. There are not enough cases coming out of these countries. And uh, my suspicion is that... Uh, this is mostly because their governments are so completely dysfunctional. Nothing ever works in these countries. And my guess is that uh, if not this, something else will come up, which will be nothing but Malthus and Darwin working together to bring populations of these societies under control. Uh, Certainly, uh, within a few years or within a decade, Maurice, at some point of time in the future, hundreds of millions of people in the third world will disappear because these societies are so dysfunctional and so completely dependent on Western technology and Western help. And West can no longer continue to provide help to these people. I noticed back in January and February, if I turned on uh, or go on the Internet, I should say, I don't watch television, but if I were to go on the internet and visit one of the mainstream media sites i would notice that there would be da you know daily reporting from china and everything just seemed to stop <laughs> recently i know you have contacts in china do you have any discussions with them on the situation there um, well uh, yes i keep in touch with people in china i know uh, several libertarian friends of mine from western countries who live in china um, and several of them prefer to stay back in China rather than leave China because they think that China is not only more competent and better prepared to deal with coronavirus than uh, probably even the Western countries are. So uh, they, they are happy staying there. Now, of course, uh, the virus has started in China. China gets and should get the blame for uh, initiating the virus. Uh, but uh, once they found out about it and once they de declared it, they have taken very good measures. The whole of East Asia uh, has uh, taken such a strong measures, not just because of the government, but because of how their societies are organized, where people feel individually self-responsible to control these kind of things, that the virus has uh, come under complete control. China today has fewer sick people from virus than Italy, Iran, Spain, or even Germany. We are beginning to see finger pointing between China and the US on where and when the virus actually began. Could this lead to further escalation? 
Uh, well, it can certainly can, and I'm I completely agree with what Trump says. It is a China virus, and China should accept. Or so far, from what we know, it looks like a Chinese virus, and China should accept full responsibility of it, uh, because and should take measures to con control. Uh, possibility of this happening again in the future. Uh, that said, uh, I am uh, very respectful of what these Chinese have been able to achieve, but I'm also completely on the side of Trump at the same time because he is pointing fingers in the right direction. <laughs> Which uh, in today's world seems like the wrong thing to do. Uh, do you believe that the World Health Organization and governments around the world have reacted too late on the spread of the coronavirus? I don't think they have reacted too late. Uh, what has actually happened, Maurice, in my view, is that governments have become too big. They have taken over control of so much of our lives that now they suddenly realize that in case this virus actually spread, spreads, uh, this will be a complete chaos because they don't really have uh, organizations to put such a virus under control. If you need uh, 10,000 beds, let's say in Vancouver, you won't be able to organize those uh, beds at all. There is no system to put in place those kind of beds. Uh, China can organize those beds. So uh, simply put, uh, our world governments have become very big. Uh, and uh, right now we have no other choice but to play the tune that the governments are playing uh, for us. Uh, but uh, this is simply a sign that the governments are incapable of dealing with these kind of large scale problems. They should have decentralized the world. Uh, and uh, this virus issue is pointing fingers at over centralization around the world. What type of impacts are we going to see moving forward on the global economy? Uh, well, uh, so uh, clearly, I think there is a hysteria in response to the virus. Governments are overreacting because they don't want to be held responsible if anything goes wrong. People are extremely emotional. I think people should find uh, uh, refuge in the Bible. Uh, people are very emotional, very lustful, very greedy right now. When I see people running for toilet papers, I clearly see there's a lot of fear in these people. And they should find some relief in the Bible because, and that's not for superstitious purposes. That's just to tell, to learn that we have to keep our emotions under control. To become a human being, to become rational, we should keep our sins and our emotions under control, which, uh, which should lead us, show us more clarity in terms of what we should do. Well, amen to that, brother. I'm a Christian. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, let's switch topics and discuss junior mining companies, sir. Giant, it goes without saying, you're the most respected name when it comes to arbitrage opportunities. Do you have any to share with us? Oh, there are so many companies right now, uh, Maurice, that I am interested in. So many companies have fallen by 50% to maybe 80% in the last few days. So pretty much you can uh, invest in uh, any of the good names and you will you should be able to make uh, good money. Let me just quote some names and I can't give prices anymore because prices are so volatile. Uh, one company is a Strongbow Exploration. SBW is the taker. The last time I saw the price, it was, I think, one and a half cents. Uh, Harfang Exploration is trading at 16 cents. Ticker is HAR. Aston Bay is trading at 3 cents. Ticker is BAY. Uh, 
Commander Resources is trading at four and a half cents. Uh, ticker is CMD. Um, there are two uh, arbitrage opportunities, which if you want to take uh, ben extra benefit from arbitrage, one is uh, Otis Gold, ticker is OOO, and another one is Balmoral Resources, ticker is BAR. I can keep naming a lot of names, uh, Maurice. Uh, look at how much Novo Resources, NVO, and Irving Resources, IRV, have fallen. Atico Mining, Amrio Gold, so many of these companies have fallen for no good reason. Absolutely. We've been active buyers of Irving Resources, a company you and I have shared. We're certainly looking at Novo Resources. And in your latest musing, I noticed that uh, you had one of our our sponsors on there as well, which is Riverside Resources, which actually caught my attention because I, I know that you're not a big advocate for the uh, project generators. So that really surprised me. Well, I, I like uh, John Monk, who runs the, who is the CEO of Riverside Resources. And this company has fallen to nine and a half cents. Uh, and I, I'm quite happy investing in companies uh, that have cash in their treasury, which means that they are not going to go back to the market very soon. And such, such companies have a much better chance of providing me an upside. Or in other words, they have a much higher chance of not diluting away my upside by raising money at low prices. Moving on to physical precious metals, for the person listening at home right now that does not own physical precious metals, what words of wisdom would you like to share with them? Uh, Maurice, everyone should have uh, six months to one year worth of cash with him. Uh, it's extremely important to not have to worry about daily expenses, uh, which also means that once you have enough cash to survive, emotions don't take over the rational part of your brain. Uh, but apart from that, uh, people have to invest where they see a good upside. Uh, rather than sell in hysteria, they should be looking forward to buying companies that have fallen too much. Uh, and at the same time, uh, they should keep some of their money in uh, gold and silver uh, because these are the commodities which are exchangeable into cash and other resources in a bad time. Paper currency is going to get inflated away. So you can't really sit on too much cash uh, and you can't really be assured that your investments will do well the way you want them to do, at least in the short and medium term. So for short and medium term, you should also have enough gold and silver supplies with you to be able to do transactions if the emergency situation continues. And as a reminder, I'm a proud licensed representative for Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments. I will be delighted to speak with you regarding your next bullion purchase. Stay tuned to the end of our interview for contact details. Now let's discuss a topic that is so vital to all the aforementioned yet so frequently overlooked, and that is philosophy. Mr. Bandari, how does philosophy fit in today's discussion? Uh, it's extremely important, uh, Maurice, and uh, I like the concept of reason, a concept that I witnessed only while, when, while I was living in the West. Uh, I grew up in India, a country where critical reasoning and, reason, uh, and thinking and questioning is uh, almost completely absent. Uh, and the only sign of reasoning and critical critical thinking I saw outside the West was in East Asia. And I have become a huge fan of East Asia over the last uh, few years. Um, and that is why I run uh, a 
a philosophy seminar in Vancouver called Capitalism and Morality. Uh, and I, I think what makes us human is the concept of reasoning uh, that allows us to think into the future, that allows us to calculate uh, and uh, measure the future, uh, which enables us to take a position where you can improve your life as time goes by. Well, sir, you referenced uh, my next question. You alluded to it, I should say. And you're the founder of a philosophical forum focused on reason, argumentation, and liberty. Please introduce us to capitalism and morality. Um, this is a seminar I have been running for 10 or 11 years now. Uh, and um, the next one will be held in Vancouver, downtown Vancouver, at the Simon Fraser University, but probably at a different location. It will be on 25th of July, 2020 which is a Saturday, and this will be immediately after the Sprout Conference. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an absolute must-attend. If you're going to be in Vancouver at the Sprout Natural Resource Symposium, what a great way to end a great symposium by hearing from some of the most intellectual minds that are recognized mostly for their financial success, and you hear them now discuss philosophy, and you can see how they're intertwined in their successes and it's, uh, I, I enjoyed it. This will be my sixth year, I believe, attending. And last year was no disappointment, <laughs> as, as none of them ever have been. So, again, I encourage you to visit uh, Mr. Mandari's website, and we'll provide that here shortly. In closing, sir, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about? Uh, well, uh, Maurice, I think a virus situation has become a hysteria, and governments have made it much worse because they were not prepared for things that they told the public they were prepared for. So they are not prepared with the healthcare system uh, and they are not prepared to take the risks associated with the virus. These politicians are mostly uneducated uh, populists and demagogues. Look at the demagogue and populist we have in Canada. Now, the situation in the Western countries is bad enough. The situation is far worse in Africa, Latin America, and Indian subcontinent. Uh, so, uh, the situation by itself might not have been so bad, but because of the governments and because of hysteria, it will become much worse. Uh, two things that I think will be a very horrible consequence of the current problem, the political, social, and hysteria-related problems to do with the virus. One is that the Middle, Middle East will implode. Uh, I go to the Middle East once in six months, uh, and I'm well aware of the fact that most Middle Eastern people have not worked for the last three generations because they have got easy money from oil. They don't have the concept of earning money, and oil price is heading towards zero right now. So these people are rapidly uh, are not making cash anymore, but also they are depleting their uh, savings because a lot of their savings were in sovereign wealth funds, and the stock market has crashed. So they have lost money there as well. And they have to now sell those shares to keep their societies going. So I think Middle East is in a terrible situation right now. Uh, the, there's another problem. There are a lot of people in America, uh, probably as many as 50% of American population who have no emergency cash with them. So now in a lockdown situation, 
how will they find money to survive and this is a problem with a country which is among the richest countries on the planet what happens with billions of people in the third world where 90 to 99% of the people live hand to mouth uh, in a lockdown situation these people have no choice but to stay hungry so for a small likelihood of is, uh, spreading the virus we actually uh, confined a huge population of world to poverty but uh, again as i said malthus and darwin will kick in at some point of time industrial revolution green revolution kept away malthus and darwin for a while but they will kick in and hundreds of millions of people will perish in the third world giant for someone listening that wants to learn more about your work in capitalism and morality please share the website address uh, giantbhandari.com is my website and everything i do goes on that website Before you make your next bullion purchase, make sure you call me. I'm a licensed representative for Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, where we provide a number of options to expand your precious metals portfolio from physical delivery, offshore depositories, precious metal IRAs, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Call me directly at 855-505-1900 or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com. Finally, please subscribe to provenandprobable.com. for mining insights and bullion sales. Jain Bandari, the founder of Capitalism and Morality, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.